So we're in the middle of the year, the Anunam Adalif. Rav has said a statement. The Mishnah said that with long pieces of wool, you're not allowed to move them, they are mukta, but you may cover the pot with them. So Rav has said they're mukta if you didn't cover the pot, but if you cover the pot, they're not mukta. Because you use them once for something which shows that for this Shabbos, you want to use them and therefore they're not mukta. So a student asks, what do you mean? Look at the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah continues and says, there's an issue. How do I take out the pot if it's muksa on top? So you shake off whatever is on top with, with, with holding the, the lid. So obviously it's muksa even when you cover the pot with it. So how could Rav say that not? So it's not so clear the Gears in the Gemara, but it sounds like Rav himself retracted his statement. And Rav said, no. If you cover the pot once, it's still muksa. If he designated it from now on, it should be used for covering a pot, then it's not muktza. So we're holding now the fourth line from the top on Nunam and Aleph. Eat Maranami, we learned also a statement of a different Amirah. He also, Robin, when Robin came down from Eretz Yisrael, Amar Rabbi he said in the name of Rabbi Yaakov, Amar Abasi, or Rabbi Yaisi ben Shol, he said in the name of another Amirah, Rabbi ben Shol, Amar Rabbi, in the name of Rabbi. When did we say that you're not allowed to move these pieces of wool? If I did not designate it from now on that it should be used for covering a pot. If I designated it for always that it should be covering pots, you're allowed to move it. That's exactly how Robert corrected himself and said that if you designated it for once, it's not good enough. If it's forever, then it's good enough. Now, interesting, Ravina, Ravina is coming to defend Rav's first statement. Ravina was at the end of the Gemara's times. Was he right after Rav? I'm not sure. But he's at the end of the Gemara's times. And he's coming to defend Rav's original statement, although Rav himself retracted it. Whatever. But that's, that's what Ravina is coming to do. He says, no, Rava was right. When Rava said that it's muktsa until you put it, you put the pot into it, he's right. I, the Mishnah clearly says that it's still muktsa when the pot is in it. The Mishnah is talking about a particular type of wool. Ravino ime b'shel hapesek shono. I don't know exactly how to read it. But the point is, it's wool that was set aside in in order to, to in, in a special place, in order to sell it. And since it's meant for business to be sold, therefore it's chisorin kiss. It's something which you don't want to, you don't want to use because it's going gonna, it's gonna to get damaged. Therefore you're not allowed to move it. But if it will be plain wool and then you have in your house that you're planning maybe to make something out of it, but in the meantime you have it, as long as you put the pot into it before Shabbos, you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. That's what he says. So the original statement of Rav is right. And we actually pass him like that. That the long pieces of wool are the type of things, there's different categories of different things which are muktzah. How easy is it to make it not muktzah? And it depends on how common it is to use it for other reasons. So these long pieces of wool are more common to use for other, for other, for other purposes. And therefore, just the fact that you used it before Shabbos, for a one-off for this Shamus, that's good enough. And therefore you're allowed to move it around in Shamus. 
Tanya Nami Ochi, you have a Bryce supporting him. Gizay Tzemer, long shared wool. Shel HaPesek, it was meant to be sold. You're not allowed to move it. Those wool that are meant to be sold, in order for you to cancel that out, you have to designate them forever to be used at home. So then you're canceling out before Shabbos your original thought that you want to sell them. Now my intention is from now on to use them, then, then it's fine. Um, fine. So we should, from there we see that regular wall, you don't need to set them up forever. If you use them once, that's good enough. Fine. Once we spoke about things that are muktza, how easy is it to make them not muktza before Shabbos? We're going to another example. Rabbi set over a brice in front of Rab. The brice goes like this: branches of a palm tree. The way it goes is the the the, the it starts with the heart of a palm, then it turns into a lulav, then it opens up, then it becomes hard, then it either dries up and falls down, or you cut it off, and then it grows another layer, like that that, that whatever's left in the middle. That's another layer, then 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 another. Layer of, of uh, heart of a palm grows to the next year, and then it grows into a lulav, then into into the it opens up and it becomes into hard branches of a palm. Now it was typical then for people to use those branches as seats. They're very smooth, very very comfortable, I guess. You just pile them up one on top of the other, and you sit on them, and they're very comfortable. So shaldekel, these branches of a palm tree. He cut them off. He wants to use them as wood for fire. He changed his mind. He wants to sit on them. You have to prove, you have to do an action that shows that you're, you're intending to sit on them. You must tie them together before Shams. You don't need to. You don't need to. So what do you need to do? So we'll see soon. What you need to do is you need to just change your mind. That's it. You change your mind before Shabbos. You said, I want to sit in them. Good enough. For such things like palm branches, which are very typical to be used for sitting, just thinking about it before Shabbos is good enough. Who told me, Lord, this Rabbi Barachon said over the Braise, who he added a statement. I abuse Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. That's the Allah. Itmar, we learned in a, in a statement of Amiroi. Rav Omer Koisher, although Rav Barachona Paskin Halacha, it's interesting, he's not allowed to Paskin Halacha in front of your Rebbe. And he nevertheless Paskin Halacha in front of Rav, and he said Halacha is like Yerushim and Gamliel, but Rav didn't agree. Rav Omer Koisher, Rav said if you want to sit down, you want to, not sit down, you want to move around on Shabbos, these palm branches, you must tie them before Shabbos. Ushmul Omer Koisher, it's enough to think about them, like Yerushim and Gamliel. Rav Ashi Yomar Yeshev, if he sat down once on them occasionally before Shabbos, even if he didn't tie them up, if he didn't think about them, just using them once before Shabbos is good enough. Says the Gemara, one second. Bishlomar Rav, Rav's opinion, I understand. Who the Amr Ketanakama, he follows Tanakama, Tanakama says he must tie them, he must do an action that shows he wants to sit on them. Shmuel Nami, I also understand. Who the Amr, he says, Kerem Shimon Gamliel, also fine. El Ravasi, that he says that it's enough to sit on it once, Dharma Kaman, who's he saying like? He can't argue on Tanoim. 
And both Tanaim say differently than him. How can you say it's just enough to use it once? He says, what is a different Tana and a different subject which says this idea that if you use something once before Shabbos, that's good enough. Who the Amar Kihai Tan? He says like a different Tan. The Tan he went to Nebraisa. Yoitzin, you know how to go out on Shabbos with Kurim, with combed flax, combed linen, not, not yet linen, but combed flax, over tzipa and combed wool, that you put it on top of a wound, like a gauze pad, like a bandage. You put it on top of a wound. Bizman shetzvon, b'shemen, if you have dyed them with oil, and you tie them with a string to you before Shabbos, because when you prepare them to be used as a bandage, then when you're putting them on, they're considered the clothing. They're serving you. And therefore, you're allowed to, carry, you're allowed to go out with them on Shabbos. But if you didn't be, be prepare them before Shabbos, it's as if it's not a clothing. And therefore... It's as if you're carrying something on Shabbos. So loit svan, if you didn't dye the mishemim with oil, v'loit krachal mishicha, you didn't tie it with a string. Um, one second. He didn't say here why tying. Tying could be that it shouldn't fall off, because if it falls off, then uh, then you might carry it. So in Yitzhak, you're not allowed to go out with them on Shabbos. And not only that, you're not allowed to move them because they are muktza. They're not considered a kaili. But if you use these raw pieces of wool or, or flax without dyeing them, you use them once before Shabbos. If you didn't, you didn't dye them. And and uh, he didn't tie it with a string. Mutar Allah says, maybe not to walk out with them. So what do we see? That this this time holds that using something once before Shabbos, a thing which is normal to be used, is equivalent to preparing it. And therefore here also, if I just sat on these things which are normal to sit on before Shabbos once, it's already enough of the whole Shabbos. Um, Okay, so that's the opinion of Asi's following. Amar Avashi, Afanam Tanina, you have to go to Abraisa. There's a Mishnah. There's a clear Mishnah which supports Rav Asi's opinion that using it once before Shabbos for something which is normal to be used is good enough to make it not muktzah. It says like this: Hakash Shal Gabi Hamita. If you have straw on your bed, you know, not everyone afforded mattresses. Or whatever, they, they, they had a piece of wood and then they want to make it a bit softer, they covered it with straw. So you had straw on your bed. Now, let's say you put the straw on your bed just as a gathering point because you want it's dry straw. You want to use it as, as, uh, as part of the, as, the, as firewood or as, as fire starters. You want to use that straw. So it's muktsah. You could sleep on it, there's no problem. There's no problem to sleep on muktsah. You're just not allowed to move it with your hands. So don't move it with your hands. Just lie down on it. You can move it around with your body because the rule is that any muktza can be moved around as long as it's not the regular part of your body that you move things around with. If this straw was fresh enough 
that an animal would eat it. So it's not mukhtza. It's animal food. Animal food is not mukhtza. Animals that people usually have. There was a mattress or a blanket on top of this straw. Or a pillow or a blanket. So that you did an action. Either you actually slept in it or you did an action of preparing it for sleep, but you didn't prepare it. In other words, you didn't intend it to be like that for Shabbos. You, just, you know what? Maybe I'll sleep on it now. I'll put my blanket on. I'll put my, 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 my pillow on. So I didn't decide I want to have it for Shabbos. You just made it a sleeping place, a temporary sleeping place once. So then, the aloha is, move your hands, it's not mukta. Which means that using it once, if it's a normal thing, is good enough to make it not mukta, even if you didn't think to use it for Shabbos. Shema, you know, this is a good proof. And that's what Ravasi is following. Right? And that's why, since he has a proof from a, a Mishnah, so then, so then, uh, that's what he passed, that's the halacha. That these type of things, if you just use them once before Shabbos, it's good enough. Um, okay. Okay, that's that. We mentioned the Braisa Machoikis Tanakam and Abshimun Gamliel. And we don't know who the Tanakam is because there's no stam. I mean, some Braises, there's a stam who it is. But I guess we didn't know who this stam is. So, man, Tana, who's this Tanakam? The polygalid Abshimun Gamliel, who argues that Abshimun Gamliel and he holds that you must prepare it with an action. In order to sit on it, Rabbi Chanina ben Akiva. So Rabbi Chanina, the son of Akiva, is that the son of the famous Rabbi Akiva? I don't know. Um, I think we know about Rabbi Yosef ben Akiva. Rabbi Chanina ben Akiva. I don't know. The Chiyas Rabdimi, when Rabdimi came from Eretz Yisrael, Omer he said over in the name of Zairi, Omer Rabbi Chanina. He went to some place. He found palm branches. They were cut for wood. We told this to Have in mind that we want to use it. In order to be able to sit on them tomorrow, which means it was enough to prepare it by thinking. And the one who told over the story said, I'm not sure. There was a special reason there why he said it's good enough to think. If they were preparing a it was a place for Avelim. And they were very pressured. They must have it. They couldn't, you know, wait till they prepare it. And therefore he said, you know what? This time I'll be lenient. It's good enough to think. So from this we see, Dafka only if it's meant for availim or for a chasana, then it's good enough to think the tree, they're too busy. They don't have time to tie it. But in the regular case, kosher in, if you tied it, then it's not muktza. Loi kosher, if you did not tie it, loy, then it's still muktza. So that's Rabbi Chanina ben Akiva, which he had to, the one who told over the story, remember that he gave a special reason why he allowed them just to think about these palm branches to use them for tomorrow. Which means that in the usual case of yours, you have to actively prepare it. So, so, 
Um, so he's the one. He's the one arguing. I'm Shimon Gamliel, and he says you have to prepare an accident. Huh? Okay. Now that we speak about muktzes, how do we re- prepare them in order to use them? Amar Rabbi Yehuda, he brings another example. Machnis Adam, a person could bring inside his house muloy a, a box full of offer of sand. Turkey, do afterwards on Shabbos whatever he wants with it. Sand or earth is muktzah, but in those days they would have earth floors and they would sometimes use sand to cover dirt. If somebody had an accident or whatever, they would cover the dirt on the, with, with the sand. So, but it's muktzah. But if I put it into my house before Shabbos, I could do, I could use it. Now, what did I do to prepare the sand to be used? Nothing. I just brought in the box and I thought I want to use it on Shabbos. Okay. Okay, we'll get back to that. Now, Dornash Marzutra, Marzutra said over, Mishmei in the name of Marzutra, Rab of the great Marzutra. He was the second Marzutra, and it was the earlier Marzutra, and he was saying over in the name of the earlier Marzutra. He said like this The only way. You could use this box. It's not, it's not, it doesn't stay in a box. It's like he fills it up with a box, then he pours it out on the floor in his house, and then he uses it whenever he wants to cover the dirt. So he can't just pour it in the middle of his floor because then everyone walks on it and it becomes part of the earth floor, another layer. But if he puts it in the corner, people don't walk on it. And it, it, it is, is thinking before Shabbos that he wants to use it, it's still valid, it's still, it's still, it's still in place. Okay, that's that. Now, Amru Rabbanu Kameid Rappop. The Chachamim told over Rappop, and they said over this, this statement, they said, hey, come on, who's Yehudi going according to? That it's enough to think about something before Shabbos, and that makes it ready to be used. The Ik Rabbanon, if we'll be going like Rabbanon, Ha'omri, they say, but you know, nice, you must prepare it with an action. Which action did he do? He poured a box of sand in a corner in his house. That's it. He just said, I want to use it on Shabbos. He didn't do any action to prepare it. So the Chayudah shows that you don't have to prepare it. It's enough to think. I feel the Rabbanon. You could follow Rabbanon as well. When the Rabbanon say you must do something, the only something, there is what to do. You could tie the branches together to make it a seat. Avomidi, but something the loy bar me can't do anything with it. Loy, then then uh, then even they agree that if there's nothing to do, you don't have to do it. If there's nothing to do, just think about it. If you're able to do something, you must do something. If you can't do, you can't do. So if you, a box of sand, what should you do? Paint it? What should you do to the sand? So you just put it in the corner, and he thought about it. It's good enough according to him. That's Rav Papa's explanation of Yehuda that he could even go according to um, Tanakama, according to Rabban. Says the Gemara, name This chiddush you just told me that if I cannot prepare it with an action, then everyone agrees that just thinking about it is good enough. It might be a machlik Why? It says in one braise, on Shabbos, you want to wash your dishes, you can wash your dishes. They didn't have liquid soap or bars of those days. 
They had other types of, uh, I don't know what, types of sands that they would use as soap. So you're allowed to wash it with any type of these sands. Chutz mi clay kesef, besides silver utensils, begartikoin, with a specific type of sand, which rubs the, 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 the what do you call it? Rubs the, the, the silver, it smoothes it, smoothening it, it smoothens it, smoothening it is, is a, is a, is a malacha of memachik, of smoothening. And therefore, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to use that specific, uh, whatever you call it, that specific type of soap. Ha, nesev, regular sand that just cleans it, muta, you're allowed. Vatani, we learned in a different price, nesev, sand used as soap is not allowed to be used. Now, my love, the one who says, you're not allowed to use sand, he says the problem is not washing the sand. The problem is picking it up. But in Maisa, you must prepare sand or any muksa with an action. And there's no action which you could prepare the sand with. So you're stuck. So it remains muksa. Or Maya Sova, the one who says you're allowed to use sand, he holds. No, if you can't do any mice, you can't do any mice. So it's okay just by thinking about it. Like the Kuliamulay being a master. Whatever you said makes a lot of sense. If you can't do anything, you don't have to do anything. And if everyone will agree that thinking about it is good enough. So who's the one who says you cannot use sand? But like Kashi, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, one's Rabbi Yehuda, one's Rabbi Shimon regarding Dover Shaini Miskavin. It's nothing to do with Mukta, it has to do with washing the utensil. Gartikon washes the utensil and rubs it off. Other sand may rub it off, may not. And what if they do? So you're smoothening a keli on Shabbos, but you didn't have any intention. So Rabbi Yudha says it's a problem. Rabbi Yudha says it's a problem. Rabbi Shimon says it's not a problem. That's the machlaikis. If you're allowed to use the other sands, the one that says you're allowed to, that's Rabbi Shimon. The one that says you're not allowed to, that's Rabbi Yudha. Rabbi Yudha. The one that says you're not allowed to, that's Rabbi Yudha. The one that says you're not allowed to, that's Rabbi Yudha. Even if you, have, if you have no intention to do a malacha, you're still not allowed, not allowed to do the action which may result in the malacha. Hard Reb Shimon, the one who says you're allowed to, goes like Reb Shimon. That he says, even if you have no intention, you're still allowed to. You're still allowed to. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Something which you have no intention to do the malacha, you're allowed to do it, even if the malacha might come as a result. It doesn't matter, because you didn't intend to do it. It didn't have to happen. Fine. We solved the problem. It says the word not so quick. But my ukinta, how could you explain Lahod the Shari, this Brisa, which says you're allowed to use sand, that fits with Rabshim? Amos Sefer, look at the Sefer. On Shabbos, do not rub you here with these sands of those other type of soap because you're going to pull out some here. Now, it doesn't definitely pull out here, it may pull out here. So only Rabbi Yehuda says it's a problem. Who says? Maybe it definitely pulls out here. The Rabbi Shimon, if it's Rabbi Shimon, he says in a different halacha that you're allowed to use the sand even in a case that you're not allowed to pull out here because it's not definite. By who? The Tanah, we learned in the Mishnah. Nazir, a Nazir is not allowed to pull out his ear. And the Rabbi Shimon says, he could rub his ear with the sand and the fast face. He could brush his ear with his fingers. Because it's not for sure going to pull out any here. I'm only certain he may not comb with a comb, but that's for sure going to pull out here. So we see that Abshimon holds 
that you're allowed to use the sand and you hear it. And the same thing would be in Shabbos. And the Brahma that said you're allowed to use it for dishes, said you're not allowed to use it for your hair. So it must be Rabbi Yehuda. So what's going on in here? Practically, these sands, do they sometimes rub out the dishes or do they never rub out the dishes? One time it says it never does. So even Rabbi Huda says you're not allowed to use it. The other one says, no, sometimes they do. And since sometimes they do, you're not allowed to use it according to Rabbi Yehuda. One of them, according to Rabbi the server holds guarded. It does rub the a dish. The high tana, the other one, the other tana, I'll leave it every According to Rabbi the server he holds guarded, doesn't rub it. And therefore, you're allowed to use it as a technical machloikis. A mustam, it's not technical. A mustam, it's a machloikis in percentage wise. In other words, that it's a very small percentage that it does do it. It does rub out some of the dishes. The question is, is that included in what Rabbi Huda said? How far of a, of a chashash does it have to be in order for you to be not allowed to do the action which may lead to this result? So it's in that in between that some will say it's, it's, it's common enough that you should not be allowed to do it and others will say, no, it's, 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 it's uncommon enough that you should be allowed to do it. Fine. So he spoke about muktzah. So he spoke about the Mishnah which says you're not allowed to move a long shared wool, raw wool, and you're allowed to cover a pot with it. And Rava said, once you cover the pot, you can move around the wool. So a student said, the Mishnah clearly says that there's a problem to take out the pot because of the wool, which means that even when you put in the pot, the wool is still muksa. So Rava said, you're right, I'm backing out. Um, if you designated it to use it from now on to cover pots, then it's not muksa. Until then, it's muksa. Says Ravina, no, I agree with you, Rav. What you said before is right. And the fact that the Mishnah said that it's muksi even when you cover it, it's talking about a specific type of, of uh, wool. It's talking about when it was specifically set aside to sell. Then it's chisar and kiss. And then in order to cancel it out, you must decide that you always want to use it to cover the pot, not just a one-off. But a regular wool, one-off is good enough. Then we spoke about palm branches. This Machlekes Rabbanon said, you must tie it. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said, it's enough to think about it. And then, and Rabbi agreed with Tanakamer, Shmuel agreed with Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. And then Rabbi Asi said, it's enough to, to use it once before Shams. And he brought a raya from a Bryson and from a Mishnah. I mean, not he. They brought a raya from a Bryson and from a Mishnah. First, a Bryson which says that if you make a gauze pad, it has to be made in a way that you see that it's meant to be a gauze pad. Otherwise, you may not carry it because you may not wear it because it's carrying, it's not considered a clothing, and you might even you may not even move it because it's muktzah. But if you used it once before Shabbos, that's good enough. It's not muktzah, you can carry it, which means that using it once is equivalent, equivalent to preparing. They wrote a Mishnah. The Mishnah says that if you have straw on a bed, it was not put in order to sleep. So it's muktzah, if it's not edible for animals, it's edible for animals, it's fine. If it's not edible for animals, it's, it's muktzah. But if you had a pillow and a blanket and before Shabbos, so it was like used once for sleeping or used once as a preparation for sleeping without a deep thought that I want to use it for Shabbos from now on. I just put a blanket and a pillow. Then it's not muksa. So doing once an uh, action of usage is enough to cancel the muksa. And that's what we pass going like that. Who is the Tana which says you must prepare these things with action? Rabbi Khalina Barakim. 
because he once told us that in one particular case, now it's enough to think because they're preparing for a wedding or for a oval house. So then it's enough to think to prepare these, these uh, palm branches. But otherwise, you must do an action. Then Rabbi Yehuda said that if, if you want to bring sand into your house to use it to cover dirt, fine. If you took it before Shabbos to put it in your house, that's fine. So the Gemara added it must be in a corner, not in the middle of the floor, fine. But I didn't prepare it. I just filled it up, put it into my house, and thought about it. Why is that good enough? Is that only going according to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel? Or may it even go according to Rabbi uh, according to Rabbanon? Says Rabbi even according to Rabbanon? Because what could he do? If you have a choice, you must prepare it with an action. If you don't have a choice, just think about it. Now, he brought two braces, which maybe will be a machlekes in this detail, whether in a case that you cannot prepare, do you, do you still say, if I can't prepare, okay, I can't use it. Or they say, no, I can't prepare, so use it. Just think about it. What are we talking about? We're talking about washing dishes. Some things you're not allowed to wash silver utensils with a certain type of uh, material, some type of soap or whatever it was, because it smoothens it. But sand, different types of sand that they would use, you're allowed to use. Uh, a different price says you're not allowed to. Maybe the problem is muksa, because you can't do anything to sand to make it prepared. So one time it says you can't do anything, so it's enough to think. Another time it says, no, you can't do anything, so don't use it. Have you heard what he said is common sense? If you can't prepare it, it's not muksa. Just by thinking about it is good enough. So why is there a machlekes whether you could use the sand for washing your dishes? So the Chathchidu we wanted to say that it sometimes smoothens the dishes. So Reb Shimon would say it's fine because it's, you have no intention to, to smoothen it out. And we will say it's not fine. Just wait one second. The b'raisa which says you, you're allowed to wash the dishes with it, it says don't wash your hair with it. Now Reb Shimon, why? Because it will pull out some hair. But if Shimon clearly says by Anoza, which is the same idea that he can't pull out any ear, you're allowed to use this sand to wash your ear because it's not definitely going to pull out any ear. Only a comb is a problem. So he definitely holds you allowed to wash your ear with it on Shams. So that price cannot be Reb Shimon. So it must be that both prices are to be Yehuda. And the question is, does sand smoothen ever? The Kalim or not? The one who says it does, so therefore we just say now that he use it. The one who says he doesn't, so that's why he says he could use it because it just doesn't, that doesn't smoothen it out. It's totally fine. Okay. Uh, clear? Yes, very good. Okay, yeah. thank you.